Hey listeners, we have a very rare opening for an associate sound designer mixer here at DeFacto Sound. That's my sound design studio and the studio behind 20,000 Hertz. To learn more, visit jobs.defactosound.com. This application window closes on May 22nd. Now, onto the show. You're listening to 20,000 Hertz, the stories behind the world's most recognizable and interesting sounds. I'm Dallas Taylor. What you just heard is called the Amen Break, or Amen Break, depending on how you say it. Anyway, it's likely the most sampled piece of music in the world. You've definitely heard it a million times, but you might have a hard time remembering from where. So let's hear those six seconds again. This time, see if you can remember where you've heard it. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. The amen break has also been sped up. And it's been slowed down. I'm not bipolar, see, I'm just known by those couple names. It's even been used in commercials. Nothing handles the winter elements like a Jeep 4x4. Except, of course, you. Now, during the extreme Jeep snow event, visit your Jeep dealer and get a lift pass to Sugar Bowl. The Amen Break is sampled in over 2,000 songs and counting. If you search for Amen Break, you'll find examples and curated playlists everywhere. But where did this beat come from? It is a about five or six second passage in the middle of a song called Amen Brother that was recorded by a band in the late 1960s called the Winstons. That's Nate Harrison, an artist and professor from Tufts University. Nate did extensive research on the break for an audio art project called Can I Get an Amen? In the middle of the song, there's kind of like a drum breakdown where all the other instruments drop out. The drummer, G.C. Coleman, does his thing for like five or six seconds. He kind of syncopates them in this kind of interesting, weird way. Imagine like a four to the floor standard beat, like a one, two, three, four. A break beat has a little bit more syncopation on it. The down beats would happen on maybe in between sort of beats and whatnot. It gives it a kind of a little bit of a funkier vibe to it. A break is just short for break beat. There's the tighten up break. There's the funky drummer break. And there's the Apache break. All of these breaks were taken from old records, just like the Amen break. More than a decade passed after the Winstons recorded Amen Brother for the break to begin showing up in hip-hop tracks. 
That's mainly because sampling music really didn't come into vogue until the 80s. Samplers were actual physical boxes, machines. They were about the size of a DVD player. Nowadays, it's all software on a computer. Think of kind of the golden era of hip-hop music in the mid to late 80s and early 90s. That whole 10, 12-year period is predominantly a period in which hip-hop music particularly is lifting samples, drum samples, guitar riffs, set of horns, all that kind of stuff from older records. Samplers became popular around the same time musicians were starting to use drum machines and synthesizers. At first, it was kind of a novelty. Sampling was new and interesting, and it produced sounds, again, in contrast to the kind of synthesized artificial sounds. Early electro music, early breakdance music had a very kind of robot, futuristic kind of sound to it. To introduce sampling into it was to sort of recover the aesthetics of an earlier moment. Sampling also had one other powerful element that made it desirable. Nostalgia. When producers get their hands on samplers, they realize that they can start borrowing the sounds of records that they had grown up listening to. A record company called Street Beat Records put out a series of albums called Ultimate Beats and Breaks. These compilations included songs perfect for sampling. That included a bunch of different breaks, including the Amen. The Amen wasn't the only breakbeat feature, but it did become the most sampled. In the U.S., it was big in hip-hop, while in the U.K., it was used for jungle and drum and bass. But of all of the breakbeats to choose from, why did the Amen become the most popular? The first thing with that break is that it's really long. It's like a six-second sample, so there's a lot of material to play with. Six seconds might not seem like much, but in the early days of sampling, it was a ton of time. People digging through their crates of vinyl records at used record stores and whatnot, looking for samples. If they come across one clean bar of a drum sample, they're kind of like happy, right? And that's why the Amen break is such a treasure. In addition to its length, the Amen break has variety. In the course of those five or six seconds, there are a few different snare drum hits And each one of those snare drum hits is slightly different than the others because like G.C. Coleman hit the drum a certain way slightly differently than he did the second before he did the previous hit. You can choose between snares. You can start chopping up the Amen break and rearranging the individual beats into other configurations. Pretty soon you start getting into some really interesting patterns and textures. In addition to rearranging the break, a musician sampling it could speed it up, slow it down, or even play it backwards. The Amen break's length and versatility made it so prolific among electronic musicians in the UK that finding new ways to use it became an intellectual pursuit. That branched out even farther into so-called IDM music or intelligent dance music, which was kind of the response to the rave and dance culture in the UK. They would call it electronic dance music that you can't dance to. A lot of that music also used the Amen break. Tom Jenkinson, also known as Square Pusher, used it thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly. Square Pusher's indulgent use of the Amen break can be heard in his track, Tundra. 
Luke Viber was one of the first people to do really beyond weird things with it. He recorded under the name Amen Andrews. Obviously, this intellectual use of the Amen isn't limited to the UK. Tons of American artists have used it too. Artists like Two Live Crew. The game. Welcome to the city of G's, where we eat fried chicken, rice, and black eyed peas. Fans got us in a scope like Jimmy Iveen, because we ruthless like we'll be for Big Crit. So you're just filling the blanks. I'm doing the norm, and now what it takes. I'll keep holding my cars, and you'll keep raising the stakes till we forget about us, and what we have is too late. When it comes to the Amen break, and sampling in general, there's a lot of legal and moral questions. The entire aesthetic of the Amen break, and I would say breakbeat culture generally, is an aesthetic of copying. In some respects, it goes against current copyright laws, right? So it's a kind of legally contentious practice. That's definitely a strange, bittersweet part of sample-based music is on the one hand, it's kind of revivifying old forms and maybe generates some interest in those older forms. But it's also kind of a taking too. G.C. Coleman, the drummer, didn't make any money, certainly not any royalties or any residuals or anything from all of that sampling. G.C. Coleman passed away in 2006, but a surviving member of the Winstons named Richard Lewis Spencer wrote Amen, Brother. He still holds the copyright to the song. Like G.C., Richard was never paid royalties from the massive sampling of his song. We'll hear from him after this. The hardest part of starting a business is coming up with a great idea. For every air fryer, video doorbell, or smart speaker that's sold in huge numbers, there are thousands of others that never made it. So that's the hard part. Now, here's the easy part. Selling online with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You don't need to know how to code or understand anything about design. And you definitely don't need a degree in accountancy. Just choose the template you like, upload some descriptions and images, and you're ready to start selling. You're probably already using Shopify and don't even realize it. That's because according to their own data, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Huge companies like Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen use Shopify, along with millions of other entrepreneurs from 175 countries around the world. Here's how you can get started. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash 20k, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash 20k now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash 20k. Indeed finds highly qualified candidates for any job as quickly as possible. That means when you've got a major deadline and need to hire right now, Indeed lets you relax. So how does it work? First, Indeed has 350 million regular visitors each month. In other words, you have a huge group of talented people to choose from. Then, Indeed's AI-powered matching technology helps you pick out the right person for you. It's like searching for a needle in a huge haystack. But with a giant Indeed-shaped magnet. And in an Indeed survey, 93% of those businesses said Indeed delivered the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. 
Our listeners can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Hertz. Just go to Indeed.com slash Hertz right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash H-E-R-T-Z. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Amen, brother. The song from which the Amen break is sampled was recorded by the Winstons in 1969. They had no idea their song would make such a cultural impact. It was just a throwaway piece. That's Richard Lewis Spencer, a Grammy winner and former member of the Winstons. He's the one who wrote Amen, brother. We were a group of young men in Washington, D.C. during the club scene in the 60s. We were a bar band. We played in places and we played all the hits. And we were very good at it. I was a tenor saxophone player in the group. I ended up, you know, writing and singing the song that became the hit for us, but I was a tenor player. The Winstons performed as the backup band for Curtis Mayfield and the Impressions. We played with them for about six or seven months, and uh, Curtis and I became very good friends. He was a very nice guy. He's probably one of the purer people I met. He was a very, very straight-up guy. It was he who kind of encouraged me to write, because he always said, oh, you got some good ideas. Some way or somehow. After some encouragement and advice from Curtis, Richard composed a song that won him the Grammy Award for R&B Songwriter of the Year in the late 60s. It wasn't Amen, Brother. It was a song called Color Him Father. goes to work each day and he stays all day long. He comes home each night looking tired and beat. When I wrote the words for Color Him Father, I tried to call my dad. My dad left us in 1958, my mom and seven children. And I ran up on him in New York. So uh, we became talking and stuff over the years. And so then one morning I tried to call him and his phone was disconnected and he went, and the first thing came to my mind, wow, this guy's gone again, you know. And I wrote this song, kind of this letter to him. So uh, I took it to rehearsal and recorded it and it became a hit. Said I'm gonna color him When the Winstons recorded the single for Color Him Father, they needed a B-side. As a band that played mostly covers and backup, they didn't have a lot of options. The only other original the Winstons had was a chaser, which is filler music that engages a live audience as the announcer introduces the band. You still hear chasers today, mostly in late night talk shows whenever a new guest is introduced. Please welcome Jamie Foxx. You have some music to bring them on. Very short. And uh, when they went off, da, 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 da. you know, the Amen. The Winstons made their instrumental chaser their B side and called it Amen Brother. During that time, everybody had drum breaks. And we had been doing songs like Tighten Up and stuff where Greg would play these drum beats. Richard asked his drummer, GC, or Greg, to play a breakbeat during Amen Brother. I said, that just sounds too much like so-and-so, so-and-so, because I was kind of the leader of the band at that time. 
And I said, why don't you take the piece from blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I told him the two or three pieces he was going to put them together. And he did. It was just another drum break. Only this one was a composite of a couple that Greg played. That became the Amen break. It was a filler, a throwaway, as they call it. With a hit single and a Grammy-winning frontman, the Winstons were about to make it big time. The Winstons were flown into New York. Our manager had signed us, and they had set up this big 38-week tour opening for Credence Clearwater. And it was just like the answer of a prayer, and we were going to make pretty big money. And we had this big meeting, I call a signing party, on the 126th floor over on the Avenue of the Americas. It was a beautiful thing. But what Richard didn't know was that the rest of the Winstons weren't in it for the long haul. They were planning on quitting the band. They brought the contracts around for us to sign, and they took their contracts and said, well, you know, we have to take them to our lawyers. And they said, well, no, this is not a negotiation. And uh, it was pretty obvious right then that they had intended to quit. The guy said, well, you can bring them back in the morning, but they, you know, these New Yorkers, they know that they've been through this before. They knew the group was finished. After the Winstons broke up, Richard left the music industry and had a pretty eclectic career. I sat around for about two and a half years feeling sorry for myself. I got a job working at a liquor store, delivering liquor in Georgetown. The same clubs I used to hang out and spend two and three hundred dollars a night on booze. Yeah, I was pushing liquor up in there. And then I got the job with the transit system driving bus. And I absolutely loved it. It was such a great thing for me because it's a people thing that I went back and enrolled in a university. And so I was working and attending university at the same time. I worked in the transit system for 28 years. I had done my BA and my master's. And I came back to Anson County, my little town here where I am now. I was only 58 years old. So I wasn't ready to call it quit. Plus I had a son, I had a 11 year old son I brought home with me. So I went to teaching. I taught from 2000 to 2008 and I loved it. Richard was busy. He was working, going to college, and taking care of his son. This was all in the 80s and 90s before the internet. He had no idea that Amen Brother was being sampled in all of these songs. I had no idea about the whole Amen Break thing until almost the early 2000s. And I realized after I learned how to use a computer that (laughs) it was one of the most sampled pieces of music in history. And I was just amazed that N.W.A. had used it. In Futurama, I just looked at the list. And it was just kind of heartbreaking because I realized my publisher had just really just robbed me. I spoke to it about a lawyer, and he said, well, you know, it's been 10 years and blah, this and that and other. There's a wine in Australia called the Amen Break. And, uh... Here I was sitting around eating sardines and drinking sodas and (laughs) feeling sorry for myself, and somebody was getting paid. Richard tried to move on with his life, but people kept bringing up the amen break. I started getting calls from these young men from Great Britain, and I mean, they were almost worshiping that thing over there. And they were into that whole jungle and drum and bass thing, you know? 
Some guys showed up, man, with television cameras, and they did an interview. They said it was for the BBC or something. I don't know. They start saying to me, man, you should be worth about $30 million. Nate agrees with that estimate. He'd be certainly a millionaire if he would have gotten just a few pennies from every time somebody used the amen break. But Richard wasn't a millionaire. He hadn't collected anything from the thousands of songs that sampled Amen Brother. For years, he's been asked to speak about his influential break and acknowledge he was never paid. Then, a few years ago, he got an email from a UK-based DJ named Martin Webster. It was seemed like he was suggesting that some of these people felt badly and they wanted to take up some money for me. I had never heard of a GoFund, tell you the truth. Martin asked Richard if he could set up a GoFundMe page. The page allowed musicians around the world who sampled Amen Brother to donate money as a thank you to Richard. I said, well, fine, you know. I had no idea what that meant. So they started sending money around. To date, the GoFundMe efforts have raised over $30,000 for Richard. Very nice of them, too, because these are young people who probably wasn't even alive when Colin Father and Amen Break and stuff came about. Richard has never officially been paid royalties for the over 2,000 known samples of the Amen break. But when he looks back on his dynamic life, he's got a lot to be proud of. It was amazing. Even when I retired, there were people at Metro who never knew that I had a record out. Not that I was trying to hide it, but it wasn't anything to talk about. It was great. Enjoyed it. Move on. I've been inducted into the North Carolina Music Hall of Fame, and I'm also in the D.C. Legendary Musicians Hall of Fame. I published two books, yeah. And mostly proud because I raised a young black boy down south by myself. He graduated from Fife University, and, and I'm very proud of him. And now he's coaching soccer at Georgetown Visitation in D.C., and he works with kids with special needs. And he also is the head coach varsity girls at Langley High School. Very proud of that. I'm more proud of that than anything. It's been a good, good life, man. Twenty Thousand Hertz is produced out of the studios of DeFacto Sound. If you do anything creative that also uses sound, go check out defactosound.com. And don't forget to reach out. We'd love to know who you are. This episode was written and produced by James Intracasso. And me, Dallas Taylor. With help from Sam Sneebly. It was edited, sound designed, and mixed by Colin DeVarney. Thanks to our guest, Nate Harrison. Be sure to check out Nate's project, Can I Get an Amen, and all of his other work at nkhstudio.com. Thanks also to Richard Lewis Spencer. Please consider showing him some monetary love for his contributions to the music industry. You can do that at amen.20k.org. Again, that's amen.20k.org. We'll also put this link in the show description. Also, I hear there's a few celebrities in the music business that listen to this show. If that's you, be sure to show your respects by sending some money Richard's way. The music in this episode is from our friends at Musicbed. Having great music should be an asset to your project, not a roadblock. Musicbed is dedicated to making that a reality. That's why they've completely rebuilt their platform of world-class artists and composers with brand new features and advanced filters to make finding the perfect song easier and faster. Learn more at musicbed.com new. 
You can say hello, submit a show idea, give general feedback, read transcripts, or buy a t-shirt at 20k.org. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. You can also sign up for our super fan newsletter at newsletter.20k.org. Hearing from listeners is the most fun thing about making this podcast, so don't ever hesitate to drop us a note. Finally, be sure to tell all your friends about the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.